This is The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. It's ESPN Asheville 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. You're in the sports tank with Jeremy Green. I'm Tank Spencer. He's Jeremy Green. And we are live from the Ingalls studio. This hour of the program, as always, brought to you by Ingalls. Low prices, love the savings. And oh, by the way, over the next, uh, well, today and tomorrow, it's the hottest deals apparently ever that you're going to find at your local Ingalls store. Uh, I, I believe we're advertising this as... Uh, Hotter than a ghost pepper grown on the sun is how hot all the deals are over the next two days. So be sure to visit your local Ingalls store. It is uh, just six days, six days away from the NFL draft. We've been deep diving into the draft, doing uh, the seven-round full mock draft today. It's been a lot of fun sitting in the studio yelling at Jeremy because he's screwing up my team's picks. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. We're going to release the seven-round mock draft over the coming week in the Sportsocracy, so be sure to subscribe to the Sportsocracy on YouTube live every weekday morning around 9 o'clock, depending on how the computers go and how our bodies react to the coffee that we just drank and all that kind of good stuff. We call it 9-ish. So. <laughs> you know, there's not a hard clock on YouTube the way that there is on you know FCC regulated, regulated radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, of course, uh, this Friday edition... Of the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green includes all your uh, your favorite segments. We've got just a bit outside, your weird news, and uh, Jeremy's picks for the night. How did your green on green go last night? You know, I, oh, I think... Then, see, that's I, never a good start. I, I made the gambling gods angry uh-huh. because I was just a little too braggadocious about how this week started. Uh-huh. And we we came back to the main. Good gracious. <laughs> well, I, I mean, even professional bettors... You shoot for fifty five percent. If you shoot for fifty five percent, you're still making a profit. So you're in that territory. It, you, yeah, you gonna, it, it has been an ugly two days. It's gonna be be a fight to get back to five hundred for you. Is that what you're saying? Oh, we have breaking news. Breaking news. It's always my favorite. Who's gonna break the news? Who's gonna break the news? Who's gonna break the news? All right. This, one, on this one's a shifty bomb. The Kansas City Chiefs are trading the 31st pick in 30, Thursday night's draft, along with three other picks in the 21 and 22 drafts, to the Baltimore Ravens for right tackle Orlando Brown. Wow. The Kansas City Chiefs, that is a major move. I did not see that coming. I didn't either. Holy uh, cow. I, my computer's been running at the speed of smell it's, since I sat down. It's, it's one of those things that just gets lost in all the shuffle of, or has gotten lost in all the shuffle of the the trade-ups and the trade-downs and all the rumors going around and who's visited who and who's going to the pro days. I completely forgot that there is a really good left tackle out there for for somebody to get, um, I, of course I'm, not anymore. I, I'm going to say this. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever seen a team get beat for one specific reason, and they went not happening again. I'll bet you don't do it again. 
good gracious. That line is, that's gone from one of the worst lines in the NFL at the end of last year. Uh-huh. They will go into this year as one of the best. Okay. Orlando Brown on the left side, Joe Tooney, uh, Kyle Long. Yep. Good gravy. I did not anticipate that coming today. You think Kyle Long still got it? That's the big enough. question for me. He has it enough. Okay. That is that is how you do that. And, and they're obviously going to pay him. Yeah. I, I love how Kansas City and you, mm-hmm. your two teams that, yeah, the, the money's made up and nothing matters. It doesn't matter. No, we just, we'll bring them all in. Because when you we'll get pay to, them in Monopoly money. Yeah, well, it's like I've been saying, when you get to this point, you get to this point where you're competing for championships, go all in. We keep saying, you know, go all in. If you are, you know, if you're in a win now scenario, the rest doesn't matter. So go ahead and sell out and ruin the books for years to come. Get those championships while you can because they're so hard to come by. Woo! I'm, that's, yep, that's the thing. That's the thing that happened. Uh, you know what else that means? I need to stop doing drafts because every time I do one, a trade happens within an hour. <laughs> Oh, this that's gonna shake everything gonna, up. That's just gonna make me angry. No, just just give just give Baltimore whoever no, Kansas City I'll had have to move to, on. I'll have to move some things. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Andy Reid. That's good for the Baltimore Ravens, though. That does change a lot. I will say mm-hmm. this, uh, Josh Norris. If you don't follow him, he's at Josh Norris on Twitter. Tremendous follow. Very knowledgeable. Uh, one of my favorite draft people on earth. Uh, he, he had the the same first reaction that I did. This may officially the the over under on wide receivers in the first round is four and a half. Yeah, I it, it, if you have a book that you can still get four and a half over, I would go aggressively at that right yeah. now. Over, because the Ravens are going to be in the hunt for a wide receiver. Oh yeah, I would say one of those two picks is now a receiver, Absolutely. and I would say the other one's Avon Collins. Yes, which. Mm, good defensive teams just keep getting bigger. Just keep getting better. Uh, yeah. Okay. So Orlando Brown Jr. is going from the Baltimore Ravens to the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City is sending their 31st pick in the NFL draft plus three more picks spread out over the next two years. That is what was, I'm trying to find what the actual compensation is, which will give them Orlando Brown on the left side. Uh, and then. Kyle Long on the right? Uh, no, Kyle Long's no. the guard. Okay, so they're going to throw him in the in the, in the in the middle. Yeah, and you got Joe, Joe Tooney, Ooh. highest paid guard in the league. Yeah, but uh, but at of, the other guard spot, you got Levant, Levante Duvernay Tardif or Laurent Duvernay Tardif. The doc is coming back. Yeah, they'll they'll figure that part He's out. He's pretty good. Joe Tooney can play any spot on that line. I mean, he's not a left tackle, but can he play right tackle? A hundred percent, he can. Oh, do okay. I think he will? No. Okay. But, I mean, this is that's that's big, uh, and uh, from Mike Garofolo, one of my favorite, uh, another of my favorite Garofolo. It's Garofolo. It's is actually it really? not Garofolo. Really? Yeah, people mispronounce that all the time. I, that's it's actually Janine's why, fault. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Janine Garofolo. Right. Yeah, I'll blame her. Right. That was the reason I stuttered when I went to say it, because I always want to say it wrong. Uh-huh. The plan for now is for Orlando Brown to play out the final year of his deal with the Chiefs. Sources say there is no extension as part of this deal. I mean, there will be. That's a... How are they going to pay him, though? Uh, in Monopoly money, like you're paying everyone else. 
I mean, I got a, I got a good feeling Orlando Brown, who wanted to be paid like a left tackle, is not going to be, you know, so cool with taking the deferred money three years from now. Like they've done with, you know, like Tampa Bay has done to bring everybody back. Again, that doesn't change how they're paid. I feel like it doesn't I'm go- change how they're no. paid. How does it the not way the it? cap is done? You're talking about bonuses and things like that. They're not necessarily deferred. You can sign a, you can have a signing bonus that you're paid the minute the contract is signed, mm-hmm. and that is extended over the course of the deal. You still get that money up front. So whatever the signing bonus is, right? It's, let's say it's thirty million dollars. You get a check for thirty million dollars. Now taxes are going to be fun. Mm-hmm. But one of these days, I'm going to hammer that in your head until you understand it. (laughs) The cap has nothing to do with how they're paid. I mean, it can, depending on how it's done, if you start pushing things into unlikely-to-be-reached bonuses and things like that. So like the way that they did, um, like the Levante David deal. I don't don't know the specifics of that. He's making like $2.5 million this year. That's base salary. That's his his yearly salary split into 17 increments. Well, it's split into 32 increments now. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they changed the way they're paid, and then they pushed uh, they pushed the majority of the base money off to the next. The base money years. is the only thing you're paid. Base money, roster bonuses. Mm-hmm. That is the only thing that changes how much is in your check. Mm-hmm. Now, if you sign a, if there's a roster bonus, the day the roster bonus comes due, you get a check for whatever that's worth. Right. Now that can, roster bonuses can't be done the same way signing bonuses can. But if you if you have a thirty million dollar signing bonus, obviously that can't hit all at one time. Mm-hmm. So they have to prorate that. Mm-hmm. Well, you can prorate it however you want to. Mm-hmm. Move the numbers around, and you just keep kicking the can down the road. It doesn't right. change the fact that you've got the money. In most cases, there are times it does. Mm-hmm. That is the number one question I get asked the most, and I don't thoroughly know how to explain it other than what I just said. Okay. The cap number has zero effect on how somebody is paid. And, but Orlando Brown is going to get paid. Oh, absolutely. Was he like the... Oh. Was, you remember that thing I said yesterday like a about... top five rated left tackle this year? Wasn't I, he the, I don't know if he was, he was kind that, of that high, but he was, he was high. Right. But that's why he demanded the trade, basically. Well, he, he said, demanded the trade because he didn't want to be paid like a, like a right, right tackle. Paid me like a, a left difference. tackle. Right. I came in and played left tackle this year, balled out, you're going to pay me like a left tackle. Baltimore wasn't going to do that, so they looked for offers. I'm kind of shocked. Orlando Brown was 25th overall. 25th overall. Okay. He stayed about there. I mean, he was good. I thought he was much higher than that. Yeah, and then you get into the metrics. and Mm -hmm. You're never going to see a lineman that that blocks for Lamar Jackson being the top 10. Right. Because anything he does can be put on the lineman. The metrics never really caught up to, hey, this guy runs 20 times a game. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think this might this might change the odds. Uh, listening last night to national radio, and they were saying that uh, at many of the books in Vegas that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had now pulled to even odds with the Kansas City Chiefs for the Super Bowl. This might shift it a little bit. Oh, we have the full details. Okay. All right, the Chiefs receive, they get Orlando Brown, the Ravens' second-round pick in this draft, and a sixth-rounder next year. The Ravens get the Chiefs' first, third, and fourth in this draft, and a good gracious, that's a lot, and a fifth next year. So the Ravens get 31-94-136. That is a haul for Orlando Brown. 
Yeah, but they also recoup it too. Uh, okay. So that's okay. You got three picks in the top one thirty six. All right, you gave one back. That's let's see, the Ravens with fifty nine. Mm-hmm. I think's what that would have to be. Mm-hmm. That's I'm fine with that. That is a haul for Orlando Brown. And I look at Kansas City. I mean, and, and I knew it was coming. Somebody posting the picture of Thanos putting the little jewel in the thing, and he gets all electrocharged. <laughs> and it says Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, Pat Mahomes has to be sitting back going, <laughs> yeah. You feel good that you signed Jack Barrett now? <laughs> you still feel good, do you? Because you shouldn't. So, uh, hey, uh, uh, Pat, do you want to do you want to take back those ugly text messages you sent us after we let uh, Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz go? Oof, that line is going to be real good. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I can't wait for the rematch. Super Bowl Fifty Six. Tampa Bay, Kansas City. Do I need to tell him or does somebody want to call him and tell him? Uh, that never That's never how this goes. Oh, it's never, never a repeat of the same matchup. I know. And right now, if you, if I were a betting man, and you know, I, would, I, I don't do a lot of that. I like to put my money in high-yield bonds. Not much of a better myself. Uh, but yeah, Kansas City is now the prohibitive favorite to me. They're the prohibited favorite in the AFC. You took the one thing that they did not do well, and now you've added two pro bowlers. I mean, that is unbelievable. The the crazy thing is that I hadn't even heard a breath of this. No. I've had Orlando Brown going to Jacksonville as long as I can remember. Well, you knew that wasn't going to happen. They got Cam Robinson. Yeah, but there there was talk that they were going to move Cam (laughs) Robinson to the right side. Oh, okay. And which would have made all the sense in the world. Right. Wow. Kansas City with a with a shifty bomb to start the uh the show off today. Well, I mean, here again, you just you, you gotta you gotta give it up to him. Andy Reid knows what's going down, man. He knows how to put together a team. How could I ever have doubted him is is what's rolling through my mind right now. No, and nobody ever should have doubted him. I mean, I'm telling you, there's another there's another when you combine it all. Ian Rappaport just put this out. Essentially, they got the 45th pick when you put all this together. And I hate when people do that because, mm-hmm. but you didn't though. You got the 20, you got the 31st pick in this draft, which is one of the most valuable picks. And I'm telling you right now, you mark my words. Just remember, I said it. You watch the Baltimore Ravens trade that pick for a king's ransom in front of Tampa Bay. Really? For what? I just don't be be shocked if there's somebody that wants a quarterback and they want them on that fifth-year option. Yeah. And they're willing to come up and give Baltimore enough. Something This is what Baltimore does better than any team in the league. Take an asset, get a pick for it, turn that pick into a lot of picks, fill the roster. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I give I I throw a lot of people say I throw a lot of shade at Lamar Jackson. I don't feel like I do. And the more time's gone on, now I'm starting to feel like I'm on the pro Lamar Jackson side because I feel like I'm what's the word I'm looking for? I I feel like I'm defending him uh-huh. now more than I ever have. But the thing Baltimore does just insanely well. They don't lose anybody for nothing. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a free agent, Matthew Judon, uh you're gonna get a third round comp pick for him. And they do that better than any team in the NFL. Okay. Uh, Dallas Cowboys, New York, or uh, Buffalo Bills, by the way. That was 
That was the last time we had a rematch in the Super Bowl. Yep, I was six. Yeah. 93 and 94. Okay, I was six and seven. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying it's happened before. It can't happen again. It's not. You know me. I'm all down for the rematch. 31 to nine. Yep. I'll take my chances with the rematch again. You're in the sports tag with Jeremy Green, ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. You're in the sports tank. That is some good, clean family fun there, eh, God? Right you are. Uh, I, I can promise you one thing. Uh, it's not going to be good, clean family fun for the three days of the NFL draft in the sportsocracy. We are a uh, we are a show for mature audiences. I just feel like I need to throw that out there uh, so people don't get you know whiplash. <laughs> I don't think anybody listens to this show and goes, "Yeah, I bet that guy never says anything bad." <laughs> It is where we can, you know, let our hair down, although I have no hair. I was about to say, me literally, you not so much. No. You let your hair down and nothing happened. <laughs> I have to I, I have to somehow be suspended in midair and turn upside down to be able to let my hair down. You have that invisible wispy hair. Yeah, it goes uh it goes nowhere. But uh in the sportsocracy all three days of the NFL draft, it's gonna be a whole lot of fun. Be sure to subscribe to the sportsocracy on YouTube today. And I've got googly eyes Adam Gase across from me now. What's What happened now? We got more breaking news? We got news? stuff just happening. This doesn't merit the drop. Oh. Uh, you remember Cameron Fletcher? Cameron Fletcher. The kid from Kentucky, the, the blue chip five-star recruit that it, he during the Carolina game, he, things went sideways and then Calipari wouldn't play him anymore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he just decided where he's going. Duke? Nope. Arizona? No. Gonzaga? No. Florida State? Oh, gosh, I should have known. I should have known when his eyes got huge like saucers. Oh, Oh, we're going to be okay next year. (laughs) I just look at my team and go, yeah, I think we're going to be just fine. I think we'll be just fine. No, stop that. Cameron Fletcher going to uh, Florida State from Kentucky. It's been a good day so far. Yeah. What do we we got... Oh, not not worth the drop. Got. The Ravens have already uh, figured out who they're going to replace Orlando Brown with. Yeah, who's that? <sighs> who would be the funniest free agent they could possibly sign? The funniest free agent they could possibly sign. Think of somebody that is very attached to one of their biggest rivals. Alejandro Villanueva? Oh, no! We got a Steeler going to play for the Baltimore Ravens. Likely won't become official until after the draft. I'm but Villanueva visited on Thursday. They are expected to replace Orlando Brown <laughs> with Ali Villanueva. <laughs> Just stick it in their sides. Well, that's, <laughs> that got aggressive quickly. I'm I'm telling you right now, I, I really think the AFC North is going to be f- a fun division to watch next year. Yes. It, it will be between the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens. 
The Cincinnati Bengals trying to climb out of the cellar. No, they won't. The Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, trying to make one last run with Ben Roethlisberger. I think it's going to be a fun division to watch. I, I feel like you just did that. What was the what was the guy's name in Dodgeball? What was Ben Stiller's character? Uh, White Goodman. White Good. I feel like you just did that. You you described the AFC North. And you went, Blaze, and Laser, and Blazer, <laughs> and Michelle. And Michelle. <laughs> well, it's, it's the best I got for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, the, the, the Cincinnati Bengals are the Michelle of no, the AFC see, I, I feel of which the, I feel like they're more they're more they're going to be going to be more exciting to watch next year than Pittsburgh. Mm, I disagree with you. And I will say the only thing the, where that uh, reference falls apart is that Michelle was the scariest one of all of them. True, by a lot. He just didn't have a name that had laser in it. Uh, when you're that size, you don't have to. Uh, it's kind of like what we were talking about this morning. Was uh, what Keyshawn Johnson had said that uh, Jerry Rice didn't wear an intimidating number. Uh, it, I don't care what number you're wearing. Uh, he's Jerry Rice. He's the greatest wide receiver of all time. There's no, the man makes the number. In this case, I don't care if your name is Michelle. You are six foot four and built like a Terminator. A little follow-up to that Ravens deal. Okay. Don't be shocked if they only make one pick in the first round. Really? But it goes up. Oh, they just got package a, 31. I just got a little text okay. that said, don't be shocked if there's somebody the Baltimore Ravens really want. Yikes. Don't be shocked if his name's Devontae Smith and it's with the New York Giants. That'd be beautiful. And then the Giants end up I'm getting just two relaying picks. to you what was told to me okay. by somebody that would know better. Now, than see, me. this is this is a lot of shifting that has to go on for the five-round uh-huh. mock. Because, no, we got through four rounds of the seven-round mock draft. That is a lot of shifting now. Yeah. That's going to have to be done. Yeah. Because that's going to be a trade that you have to throw in there, right? Yes. And that changes everything. Yeah. The so, Giants trade down we're all back to square one. I love this. This is fun. And wah, 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 the poor Philadelphia Eagles sitting there at 12 going, wait a minute. We were going to get Devontae Smith at 12. Yeah, well, here's the thing. <laughs> you had every opportunity to trade it down from six. You know what they're probably doing? They're probably popping champagne bottles right now like, yeah, we don't have to give Jalen Hurts a weapon. <laughs> he can't accidentally be good. Now we get to re- be really bad and hopefully get a quarterback next year. Call Sam Hell. Ask him how he likes the cold. Don't take that. Don't take that call, Sam. Sam, if you're listening, don't take that phone call. Nope, call Sam. Help Hold people. out. Go learn how to play baseball. Something. Don't go to the Philadelphia Eagles, please. It's not that I have anything really against the Philadelphia Eagles. It's just no. You know, three years ago, I would have said, "Okay, take your shot with the Eagles." What an aggressive move that would be. And, and this makes a lot of sense because we've been hearing about the Giants wanting to move down. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been really hearing a lot a, about every, a lot of teams wanting to move not down. Not really. I can cut through most of those. I mean, tell me who you've heard wants to move down. Uh, Scott Fitterer with the Carolina Panthers said lie. today that they want to move down. Lie. Eight. That's a lie. That's what a lie says. Or know like. that they're, quote, very open to moving down. Yeah, everybody's open to everything. If you're willing to do something stupid, we'll do all kinds of things. Carolina is dead locked in on Panace Hill. Yeah, and there's about a 50-50 shot he's going to fall to them at eight. I, and, I don't, and I don't disagree. 
And that's exactly what Scott Fitterer said today was that depending on how the first seven picks go out, we'll be very open to trading down. So if Penny Sewell comes off the board, which he should, not saying it's going to happen, what I'm saying is they should, Cincinnati should take him, Miami should take him, Detroit should take him, everybody should take him in my opinion. But he could be there at eight for Carolina, and if he is, fine. They get a generational left tackle. He's the best tackle since Jonathan Ogden. And then if he's not there, though, he may be able to swing you quite the sweet little deal. Yeah, Carolina's not one of the teams that's actively trying to trade down. Okay. They're not. The Falcons were, and now that's done. Arthur Smith has won the power struggle there. They will be taking Kyle Pitts at four. Thank goodness. I wonder who it could be. You'll tell us in just a minute, won't you? The Sports Tag. Just a bit outside. All right, here's the 411, folks. All right, since we're heavy on the draft content, I'm going to throw this in here. There is going to be a rule change in college football next year. They are changing the overtime rules. Now... They are going to, um, they're, so they're going to run the first overtime as normal. Second overtime, now you're going to have to go for two. If the game is still tied after the second overtime, we will not go to full overtimes any or, or full possessions anymore. Now we go into two point conversion shootouts, much like hockey does penalty shots. We are going to go to two-point conversion shootouts after the second overtime now in college football. That's in, like, FBS D1 division football? Yes. The oversight, uh, the rules oversight panel yesterday approving the change to overtime. I didn't think you could tell me a way that college overtime could get dumber than it already was. Bingo. (laughs) Found it. Because, of course, you know, this comes with uh, the, you know, the 74 to 72 shootouts that we've had in the past with, I think, LSU. LSU and Texas A&M. Every one of them. Yeah, the LSU, or was it Texas A&M or Mississippi State? Uh, I remember years ago there was one with Arkansas. Arkansas was involved in one of these 60, 70 point nine overtime shootouts. And I'll be honest with you, those are fine. I think so, too. I think they're fun. I, I think this is stupid. You have a game that goes 21-21. Then we go into overtime. Mm-hmm. They each score a touchdown. It's 28-28. Now we have to go, it's 30, was it 36-36 at the end of that? And then the game ends up 44-42. Well, that was stupid. Right. Ugh. That's exactly what we're going to end up with. Two-point conversion shootouts after the second overtime. They changed it last year, but we didn't get to see it because we didn't have any big overtime battles. They had the two-point conversion shootout rule in place last year, but it was after the fifth overtime. Now we're just going to go to two overtimes. Overtime is so easy, and why is it that every institution that plays football makes it so difficult? Which one do you like better? It's real simple. You like the full quarter afterward? No. Like the NFL does? No. Each team gets possession. Mm-hmm. First team to score, uh, you kick field goal, go over, whatever you want to do. Yeah. So the other team gets the ball. If you turn it over, ball game's over. Mm-hmm. You go down and score, there's no tying it. That would be my rule. There's no tying it. Game-breaking possession. You, if they scored a touchdown and kick, so the, now you're and forced kick the PAT. To go for two? Yep. Wow. I don't know. That's that I like super that simple. Idea. Yeah. It, well, I mean, that's part of the strategy. 
Oh, you want to be it. the team that goes down and scores first, you can kick a PAT, and it's and all you got to do is get a stop. Yeah. Then you will see teams do things other than, oh, we want to get the ball. Uh, we just want the ball. Right. That, yeah. But to me, it's really simple, and uh, all of these institutions make it very difficult. <laughs> all right, so look forward to, uh, after two overtimes, the two-point conversion shootout. Just single plays from the two-yard line. Dumb. Back and forth until somebody misses. Dumb. Speaking of dumb, ESPN and Marvel are teaming up to debut the first Marvel-inspired broadcast of an NBA game. The two brands announced on Friday they will be collaborating on the themed telecast for the Warriors and Pelicans game on May 3rd. The special edition broadcast will air on ESPN2, ESPN Plus, and ESPN Deportes with the traditional game telecast airing on ESPN. So basically what this is going to be, it's going to be like the playoff game the NFL did on Nickelodeon. Right. Only no SpongeBob, all Iron Man. <laughs> okay. I, did, does anybody watch this and go, yeah, that really made me watch this game? No, but it's not for us. Yeah, I mean, this is to get the kids involved. This is, and I don't, and I'm fine with that part. I don't know what you could do if with you're it. just aiming this at children. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's what it's all about: get the kids interested in the sport. And if we can do a crossover with the with Marvel, it absolutely makes sense. But what you're just gonna have like CG characters showing up on screen to announce the all calls of the overla- stuff? all like- the overlays and things will have uh, iconic in- characters including Iron Man, Black Panther, Captain Marvel, Captain America, Black Widow, and Doctor Strange. Uh-huh. They will appear throughout the game with 3D virtual characters, custom graphics, and animation packages. <laughs> That's not the dumbest part. There is a dumb, the dumbest part on top of this. Okay, some of the game stars will also achieve Marvel hero points. Okay. For their on court uh-huh. for their on court achievement. Okay. The player on the winning team who records the most Marvel hero points will be crowned as Marvel's first champion. Oh no. Can you imagine because that's Steph Curry or Zion Williamson? Yeah. Do you really think you're like are you gonna be happy with that? Like, look at me, I'm a Marvel I'm champion. A champion. That's the worst championship ever. Well, it's the only one Zion's going to win in New Orleans. I, I, in New Orleans oh, so. oh, maybe the slam dunk. No, uh, you well, say he he's not going to do that. Yeah, it, until he forces his way to the Lakers or one of the other powers, that'll be the only championship he wins. <laughs> and I hate that because I really like the Or kids. your New York Knicks. Or my 2021 NBA no. champion, Denver Nuggets. No, you got enough dudes that can dunk. We don't. You're not going down that path. He would be tremendous with Aaron Gordon and, and Nikola Jokic and... And Michael Jamal Porter. Murray and Michael Porter. Oh, boy. You don't have room. You don't have room for a guy like Zion. We'll find room. <laughs> for a guy like Zion, you always find room. We'll do it. So you could have the Marvel champion earning the most points. It's like just a fantasy prize. Basically. Yay. See, I would rather them have all the players dress up like Marvel characters and play the game. Like, that would be. Does that mean you put Stan Van Gundy in a cape? Yes. I, in. I'm all the way in. Stan Van Gundy gets to end up being uh, Thanos. He's He's got to dress up like Thanos and, and paint wear himself the, purple. And, and, and wear the... He's going to wear the gauntlet. The, yeah. 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 I like it. Steph Curry wearing a Spider-Man mask. Maybe he'll miss some three-pointers if you make him wear the mask. Yeah, this is all dumb. <laughs> this is all dumb. I don't want to do it. Zion Williamson has to be Iron Man because he can fly. Yeah, I'm, I'm not doing. The, I'm not going down the path of 
Name the Marvel character that all of these play. No, I'm out. Oh, come on. Yeah, that's dumb. It's, it's where they want us to go. I will say, I, and this is totally has nothing to do with this because right. I'm already tired of talking about it. Yeah. Uh, Alex Smith was recruit was was courted. Okay. To sign with the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's a story I told you earlier in the week when he retired. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I was shocked that he just retired because I heard it was a done deal. Of him going to reunite mm-hmm. with Urban Meyer. Yeah, there was a kicker, though. Trent Bauke asked him to sign a special waiver on his leg. Uh, and apparently uh, told him every other team would do the same. Yeah. And as soon as he heard that, he went, the only way I can I'm retire done. on my own terms is this way. Yep. Gotta go. Yep. I can't say that I blame him for that. All right, who are the teams looking to actively trade down? You say the Carolina Panthers are not actively looking to trade down. Scott Federer just said, if the opportunity arises and the top seven picks don't go the way we want them to, then we could trade down. Who are the teams that are actively looking to trade down? The Detroit Lions are actively looking to trade down. I think they only have maybe two potential suitors. Okay. I think they could trade down with the Broncos if they tried if they were trying to get up to get fields. Mm-hmm. And I think the Chargers would be interested in getting up to get Penesel. Okay. Which the Carolina Panthers would then want to trade down because I wouldn't <laughs> be somebody gets in front of them to get Penny. The, before you know today, and I had to unseat everything. I had Carolina trading up to six with Miami to get Penesel. You did, and I could see where that would that would still play out, and, and it still could, right? I think I Miami think is it. Miami's interested in trading down if there is no Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase. They do not seem to be interested in any of the other receivers, at least not at six. Mm-hmm. Did you see the comments from George Payton where he said that there will be a quarterback competition in Denver, that he wants there to be competition between Drew Locke and somebody else, so that the door is still open for adding a quarterback? Well, no kidding, George. We all knew you were going to do that. Uh, that was his way of saying that he believes in Drew Locke about as much as I believe in birds. <laughs> right. Or a Sasquatch. I believe more in Sasquatches than uh, uh, you do in uh, George Drew Payton does in Drew Locke. <laughs> like, no kidding, George. We all knew you were going after a quarterback. But this, you know, this just kind of cements, puts them in play for a trade up. I did say, when I said that word the other day, I got a lovely, uh, a lovely message that said, you're saying that word wrong. Oh, no. Somebody sent me, I guess they had never heard me say it before. Yeah. At Jay Green ESPN on Twitter. Uh, and somebody sent me a message that said, you're saying that word wrong. And my only response was, then they should spell it right. Because they're spelling it Sasquatch. <laughs> so I'm going to say Sasquatch from now on. <laughs> I, I, didn't, had, I, didn't I had get to have this response. fight with him this morning in the sportsocracy about Lester as well. Like, how it's long? It's Leicester. It's not Leicester. If you, want, if you want it to be pronounced Lester, spell it. L-E-S-T-E-R. That's Lester. It's Just English. like Lester Hayes. It's English. Like actual, like British like over, yeah, yeah, overseas English. Yeah, there's a real way to cut through that. Uh, don't say English, say British. British, excuse me. I know it's more formal that way, but I know which way you're talking about if you say it the other way. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's Leicester. No, it's not, a, not uh, even. If you want, close. if you want me to say it that way, then spell it that way. <laughs> That's my rule. If you want me to say something a certain way, then you spell it that way. Uh, I have that Ron Burgundy syndrome. Anything. I say it exactly how it is on the screen. Mm-hmm. And That's... L-E-I-C-E-S-T-E-R is Leicester. Yeah. Just like Worcestershire sauce. Yeah. It's not 
Worcestershire sauce. No, it's Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Worcestershire eh. sauce. Yeah, I agree to disagree. <laughs> it's like, it's not Worcester, Massachusetts. It's Worcester, Massachusetts. Ah, is it though? Yeah. Yeah, if I ever go there, Worcestershire. <laughs> you want me to say Worcester? W-U-S-T-E-R. Yeah. Worcester. I can just see you stepping off of the airplane in Worcester. In What's Massachusetts? Up, Worcester? I, uh, brother, I've been to Boston more times than I can count. <laughs> They all talk to me really slowly. As uh, soon yeah, as I start speaking, it's everything slows down. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm from the South. I'm not a moron. There's, it's, <laughs> you don't have to slow down for me. I got you. Well, they think they have to when you say things like, Worcester. Uh, well, it's, it's, you want me to say it away? Spell it away. Leicester. No. Leicester. Lester. No. Stop that. You worked at the post office. Like, I did. You you, this is what irritates me about you. It's like you have lived here your entire life, mm-hmm. and you just refuse to say it the right way. Yeah, I actually worked all the way up to the Leicester Post Office. Oh, I turned around in its parking lot oh, every day. I didn't even get close to it, because that place does not exist. Gosh. Who do you think Denver's after, though? If they do trade up, do you think that it's Justin Fields? I think there's an entire possibility that you're going to have two teams sit where they are and quarterbacks fall in their laps. Denver and New England. New England. All the way to 15. I could see Mac Jones falling all the way to 15. Justin Fields won't fall that far because a team, I could see a Washington, a Chicago, Pittsburgh. I could see several teams going, no, Justin Fields is too good to have fallen this far. Right. Mac Jones, I don't know that a team's going to do that. And I'm getting less and less convinced that he's the pick at three. Mac Jones? Mm-hmm. I don't think he's the pick at three. This doesn't make any sense. You trade all those picks to draft a quarterback that's limited to replace a quarterback that's limited. It's like that so picture. That's like the picture of the, uh, the 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 older guy that's wearing a red checkered shirt and he opens his Christmas present and it's the same red checkered shirt. Right. Like, look, I replaced it with the same <laughs> thing. <laughs> so you traded traded three picks up to get a guy who is the exact start right away. same. That way, I mean, the not starting right away, that would lend itself to what you've been saying, that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be on the roster. Yeah. I He'll still so. start within a year. Oh, absolutely. He'll start within the year. I believe you're right. I do believe you're right about that. But I think that's why San Francisco's hanging on to Jimmy Garoppolo, and we haven't seen anything happen with that. And I don't think you're going to. I really don't believe that too many teams are going to look at it and go, yeah, Bill, we're going to help you out. We're going to give you a quarterback. That's a problem as well. I just don't see it. And so it is either going to be one of uh, of two things. Either there is going to be a team that is going to trade up to get in front of New England just so Bill doesn't get the quarterback. Or, well, I mean, and they're going to be able to use him as well. But, or... It's going to be a thing where, oh, you want a quarterback? Okay, you're going to have to get stupid. You're well, going to have to give me well, something and here's, ridiculous. And here's the problem with that. You've got too many teams that pick right in front of New England that want something that they're not going to be able to get with any trade down. Mm-hmm. Chargers need an offensive lineman or a corner. If you trade down, you're not getting one. I mean, there'll still be ones on the board. You just won't get not one of the, the top ones. Not the ones you want. Right. You just not an immediate it. day one starter you want. Right. I mean that is a bit of a that a bit is a bit of a quandary. Vikings are in the same place with the left tackle. Mm-hmm. If you bail out in front of New England, uh, okay, now you're looking at now you're into that Tevin Jenkins, 
By the way, if there's one guy that's going to go much higher than you think he is, it's Tevin Jenkins. Tevin Jenkins. Mm-hmm. His drop dead spot now is 23 with the Jets. Okay. Like, if this was the NBA draft, he would have a promise at 23. All right. And I have that on really, really good authority. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's just, you got, and you got New York sitting there as well. New York, you think that's going to be the, uh, that's going to be the target spot for the Baltimore Ravens? That's the spot they can get up to. And I just got a text from somebody in the know that says, watch the Giants up to 11. Because Dave Gettleman's trying to tell you. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's come out and said this whole, it's a myth that I refuse to trade down. I just never have. His direct quote from yesterday was, I've tried. I've tried to trade back. He said, but it's it's got to be value. I'm not going to get fleeced. Which I'm glad he's taking that stand now. Because he's just a GM that I haven't really liked much that he's done in the past. Yeah, I won't be shocked if if Baltimore's intention is to trade up and get a receiver. Yeah, and I that think, makes so many things make sense. And I mean, I'm sounding this out on the fly because obviously we just got the news found out right as we came on air. But that makes all the sense in the world that they would get up there and try to get whether it's Devonte Smith mm-hmm. or Jalen Waddle, whoever it is they're after. Who do you think fits there, better? Devonte Smith? Yeah. That's what I was thinking as well. I mean, he's not a great blocker, but okay. He's got great hands. He's a very good route runner. Mm-hmm. It's all the things Marquise Brown's not. And you have Marquise Brown on the other side, so you have no ability to double Devontae Smith. Woof. And then you add Sammy Watkins into that mm-hmm. trio. You might have to take back every bad thing you've ever said about Lamar Jackson. Mm, I mean, possibly. <laughs> At this point, I'm getting to a point of where I feel like I'm I, I'm as pro Lamar Jackson as there is because the the hate's gotten stupid. Well, I don't is. think he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. That's all I've ever said. Mm-hmm. That turns into a lot of other things when you say it, and but, that he's not well, I, a, and, and that he's not an actual quarterback. That he's more of a running back who can throw every now and then. I You've never said that a few times. Yeah, I never, but that was taken too literally. He's running a different kind of offense. He's yes. not running an NFL offense. Right. Now, you give him Sammy Watkins, you give him uh you know, a Devonte Smith, whoever it is. Right. And Marquise Brown, well, now you're running an NFL offense. That run it 60 times a game thing, mm-hmm. uh, that goes by the wayside. And then we're going to find out just how good of a passer Lamar Jackson actually is. And once he starts having to pass more, then we're going to have to it's just because he's got the legs to beat you. How do you defend it now? I mean, you know what's coming. You know it's it's either going to Marquise Brown or he's going to run or he might hit Willie Sneed on a slant or something. But now if you have, he have three legitimate targets on the outside and he can run like that and you've got J.K. Dobbins and you've got Mark Andrews, that becomes a scary team. Yeah, Very rarely do I ever look at a trade and go, well, that was a win on both sides. This was a win on both sides. Yep, Orlando Brown, if you're just joining us, Orlando Brown Jr. going from the Baltimore Ravens to the Kansas City Chiefs for the number 31 pick in next Thursday's NFL draft. And the news or the rumors that have already started is that the Baltimore Ravens are going to uh, take the 31st pick and their pick at, what is it, 17? 27. No, 27. The 27 and the 31 
possibly get all the way up to 11 with the New York Giants to be able to get a receiver. That could make them very, very dangerous. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville trying to turn the week around. Right before, right before we hit the weekend, green on green is coming up next. Pernicious, adjective, having a harmful effect, especially in a gradual or subtle way. Now, Wicked Weed's flagship IPA, winner of a silver medal at the U.S. Open Beer Championships, isn't harmful unless you're a competing IPA. Brewed in the mountains of western North Carolina, Pernicious IPA will destroy your expectations for all others in its class. Pernicious IPA inspires you to enjoy fresh and often. Order up at WickedWeedBrewing.com. Wicked Weed, the official craft beer of East Tennessee State University Athletics. Drink different, drink responsibly. Coffee's the closers only. Get them the money! And when you get the money... You get the power. That watch costs more than your car. Then we get the power, then you get the work. Well, that's two days in a row that have not <laughs> gone my way. Yikes. That's a one in three night. That's what I get for saying Vegas is trying to recoup for a bad start for me. I have four bigs in the NBA tonight. We're getting back to basics. First off, the Miami Heat's a five-and-a-half-point favorite tonight at the Atlanta Hawks. The, the Heat are getting healthy. They're the way better team the Hawks are one of those teams that I've either been really right or really wrong. I think I'm right this time. This has the feel of a blowout game to me. You got Jimmy Butler that can lock down on anybody he chooses to. It's mm. usually Trey Young when these two teams play. Mm. Give me the Heat minus five and a half. Next up, the Charlotte Hornets are a one-point favorite against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Let me say that again. The Charlotte Hornets are a one-point favorite against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Not enough. That's not enough. Charlotte's markedly better. Cleveland's not a good team going nowhere. Give me the Charlotte Hornets minus one. My 2021 NBA champion Denver Nuggets are a two and a half point favorite at the Golden State Warriors tonight. Steph Curry ate them alive the last time they played. I could easily see that happening again, but the last time they played was when Jamal Murray got hurt. I think that's swaying the number. I think Denver covers this number and covers it easily because the Warriors cannot stop Nikola Jokic. Give me the Nuggets minus two and a half. Finally, the Portland Trailblazers are a three-and-a-half-point favorite tonight against the Memphis Grizzlies. If there's one thing I like, it's a really healthy Trailblazers team against a team that's starting Xavier Tillman at center. I love the Trailblazers tonight. I thought this was going to be an eight-point number. It's not. Give me the Blazers minus three-and-a-half. Go and do likewise, gents. Money's out there. You pick it up, it's yours. You don't, I got no sympathy for you. Yeah, it was... It it was not the the best of nights. No, last it, night it, it for wasn't the, for the Charlotte Hornets. It, it wasn't. <sighs> did you did you see any of that Chicago game? No, Chicago just beat the brakes off. I saw of the it. score and I went, "Well, had that wrong." <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it'll work out for you uh, well tonight. I tend to do really well on the backside of back to backs. Okay, when a team gets blown out because the number moves so much, mm-hmm. that's what I think happened here. There is no reason they should only be a one-point favorite against the Cavaliers. Yeah. Who have one player. I am starting to get a bit concerned. I mean, after you after you drop five out of six games, now I'm starting to get concerned. But the good news is LaMelo, LaMelo, LaMelo. He's coming back very, very soon. All right, it's time for a Monkey Knife Fight. Go to monkeyknifefight.com, daily fantasy sports props. You can use our promo code when you sign up and create your account, the promo code TANK, T-A-N-K, at monkeyknifefight.com. And when you make your initial investment, they will match it up to $50 if you use our promo code, and they'll give you a $5 free play. That free play you can use on tonight's game. 
I am playing the more or less 3.6x multiplier between the Golden State Warriors and my 2020 NBA, 2021 NBA champion Denver Nuggets. Very rarely do I get to replay a game that I got wrong a week and a half ago. Uh, this is one of those chances, and I learned my lesson last time. I'll take more than 34.5 points for Steph Curry, more than 27.5 points for Nikola Jokic. Two players that, that neither team has a chance of stopping. Right. Uh, Jokic is defended by somebody. Uh huh. I, I, I don't even know who they could throw well, him. Well, there's not many people in the league that can guard him. So. Uh, no, and when you don't have any big guys, uh, Kevon Looney, I'm not liking his chances. Uh-uh. Please throw Draymond on him. I want that to happen so bad. <laughs> it's the, happened before. He's the greatest defender in NBA history. Oh, it's right? happened before, and it does not go well. <laughs> uh, and Mr. Campazzo, the uh, fill-in guard for Jamal Murray, is yeah. who will be on Steph Curry. I believe that's all I need to tell you to know that that's the right side of this. There you go. MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Use our promo code TANK, T-A-N-K. we got the NFL draft coming up in just six days. Again, we will be live for all three, or, uh, all three days of the NFL draft. In the Sportsocracy on YouTube, be sure to go today and subscribe to the channel. See all of the draft prep, seventh round mock draft. We are going to be cutting these over the weekend, and uh, we will be putting them out all throughout the week leading up to the 2021 NFL Draft. The uh, Today, the big news, the Baltimore Ravens getting another pick in the first round, trading with the Kansas City Chiefs, sending Orlando Brown Jr. there. I'm sure you'll hear it on SportsCenter, which is next. This is the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. Tank Spencer and Jeremy Green here with you on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Second hour of the program, as always, brought to you by our good friends over at Wicked Weed Brewing. Check them out at wickedweedbrewing.com. Wicked Weed Brewing. Drink different. We've been rolling through our draft prep here, going position by position breakdowns. Today, we're going to talk about cornerbacks not quarterbacks i know we haven't done the quarterbacks yet but ever we i mean we beat that horse to death really so we're going cornerbacks adding to the secondary if you need a corner in this draft who are the best ones to go after now for as i mean since day one of breaking down the nfl draft i think patrick sertan has been the number one for most every evaluator. Am I right about that? Uh, I wouldn't say every. I said most every. I don't even know if I'd go most. Really? J.C. Horn has gotten up there pretty high. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, it's Patrick Sertan, and it's not all that close. Now, J.C. Horn, if you run press man, he's the best press man covering this class. But to me, it's those two, and then there's a drop-off to the Greg Newsom, Caleb Farley Asante Samuel tier. Okay. All right. Um, so let's get into it. If you're taking a quarterback or a cornerback, sorry, uh, top of the draft, it's Patrick Sertan. And yes. why? Uh, I mean, he, the, the completion percentage on him was 43%. Yikes. He's good at everything. He's good in I mean, man coverage, good in zone, good against the run. Mm-hmm. There, there's really nothing he can't do. He's a prototypical corner. 
Uh, I don't think his high end is like Champ Bailey, Patrick Peterson high, but I think it's just a step below that. Wow. And we all know his father was an excellent defensive back in the NFL for many, many years. Um, the number two guy on the list, his dad was a really good uh, professional football player as well. Uh, Joe Horn's kid out of South Carolina, J.C. Horn. What do you like about him? He's very physical. Yeah. Uh, he's, he plays bigger than he is. You can tell his dad was wide receiver. His hands are very good. Mm-hmm. He's not necessarily the... He, he doesn't catch like a wide receiver. I shouldn't have said that that way. He's very good playing the ball. And the thing that you've... I mean, he played in the SEC. Mm-hmm. So the competition is better than what he had around him. Uh, they, actually, the corner on the other side of him will be drafted in probably the fourth or fifth round. Israel Mukamu... I, I can't say his last name. <laughs> I, I mess it up every time, so I'm not even going to try. I'll have to say it five or six times next week. So, right. Uh, I, I like this kid a lot. I I can't see him getting past New England if they don't take a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think he's gonna. He will go in the top half of the draft. If he's there at sixteen for the Cardinals, they will take him and not think a second thing about it. Absolutely, I I will agree with you that uh, the the wildest stat for me from J C Horn is that he so he was targeted twenty four times. That's it mm-hmm. throughout the season. They only threw his way twenty four times, which is very um, Richard Sherman esque. Yeah, and of those twenty four throws at him, only eight of them were completed. Right. <laughs> He's going to be the real deal at the next level. He's a little reckless as a tackler. You're going to have to, you'll have to be careful that you have to rein him in. Mm-hmm. He's very, he can get a little handsy. Mm-hmm. So if he gets a reputation of being handsy in the NFL, that can lead to more penalties. It's going to be tough. Yeah. I'm not necessarily that worried about that. There's not a lot of press man covers corners at this point. You just don't get a lot of them coming out of college. He is a rare athlete, a rare player, and I think he will be a very good player in the NFL. All right, who is your three in this class of corners? Mine's Greg Newsom. Uh, he played in a zone scheme, so anybody that pushes him down, that's why, because you don't necessarily know what he can do in man. You didn't get to see him do it a whole lot. I think he can do it just fine. He has great feet. He's not overly fast. People that have Caleb Farley ahead of him, it's it's the physical on him that that passes Greg Newsom. Mm-hmm. And he didn't see a lot of really good receivers. You know, the Big Ten was not exactly an offensive juggernaut. So there's there are some people that think maybe he wasn't tested that much, and that's why he looks so good. You know, I, I look at it and go, no, I don't think that's a problem. Well, he did only allow ninety three yards uh, last yes. year. He's a little he's a little thin. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm curious what will happen to him if he puts on weight in the NFL. He he plays about 190. If he gets up to 205, he's already not the fastest guy in the world. That concerns me a little bit, but not a tremendous amount. Is it is, is it a situation where if he added weight, he could they could move him to another position? I think he always has the fallback of he could be a very, very good free safety in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He plays over the top quite nicely. The problem is sometimes he sits on routes at the high side. That leads to, I mean, that screams safety. I just don't, I don't think he's a good enough tackler for that. I'm not saying he's a bad one. He's a very good, cor- a very good tackler for a corner. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's Patrick Sertan good to where he can just play anywhere. Right. Number four. Uh, mine's Caleb Farley. 
despite uh, the back injury. Yeah, that's about the only thing that's really a ding on him. Mm-hmm. Didn't play press. You hear that a lot. The The hips are not necessarily fluid. When he gets into hand fight battles, there's some bad tape of guys that were covered that still catch it because he's not great at the point of attack when he's playing man-to-man that way. Other than that, I don't. I mean, I hadn't seen him play since 2019, right? But I'm going to say that about a lot of guys, right? He opted out. Plus, he had back surgery recently. Those are the things that teams are going to be concerned about when they're considering whether or not to take him high in this draft. He has a great high. the 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 high end on him is fantastic. My fear is I don't know that you're ever going to see that. But he is a no doubt first round talent. First round talent, yes. I don't know that he's going to go in the first round. I had him at uh, to Pittsburgh at 24 mm-hmm. before uh, Baltimore and Kansas City decided to <clears throat> oh, make my weekend markedly longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we were, uh, before the trade happened, uh, we were rolling through the seven-round mock draft that now has to be all shifted around. Uh, so, yay. There, uh, I'm guessing your your fifth best corner in this draft is a guy that you're very familiar with. Very, yeah, out of Florida State, Asante Samuel Jr. He's a guy that I was on seemingly before the rest of the industry was. The numbers on him are not going to jump off the page. He only allowed 179 yards last year, and the the, the short and sweet of that is. You didn't have to throw at him against Florida State because right. it was a disaster pretty much everywhere else. I think he's very good. He's a little undersized. I wish he I wish he was an inch or two taller. I wish he was ten pounds heavier. That could be a problem in the NFL. Sound like a rap song from the nineties. You remember that song? No. Oh, of course you don't. You were just a child back uh, then. Yeah. Old Skilo. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm going to queue it up. We're going to play it coming back for the next break. Yeah, I like Asante Samuel Jr. This is a guy that's risen from, I would say he probably started the the draft process going in the beginning of the third round, late second round. I would say now he's in the back end of the first round. I think he would fit tremendously with your team yes, at he 32. Would. Yes, he would. He would be very good in that Todd Bowles zony kind of defense. Uh-huh. You don't want to ask him to line up man-to-man in in a press situation because he is so thin that a big physical receiver is going to annihilate him. Mm-hmm. As long as you can you know, play him off, he can have a little separation. He's very great ball skills, very good corner. He's very, very high on my short list for my, my team at number 32. Um, number six in this cornerback class. I am not going all the way through 10. That's Okay. Uh, there's a huge drop-off at five. As really? soon as you get away from Asante Samuel, it bad? drops off a mountain. And then there's about, oh, I don't know. Let me, I'm just going to look at my list. There's two, four, six, eight. There's about eight guys that are in a group that range from 60 overall for me to about 85. Okay. And those are guys like Javon Holland. Javon Holland, if you want to comp, is Byron Jones. Okay. I think he's more safety than corner. He's got a slight frame that I think he can add weight, and he can he gets into that Isaiah Simmons role because he is a very good tackler. Mm-hmm. The thing about him is he has been consistently good. Another guy that I did not see last year. 90 coverage grade as a freshman, 85 coverage grade as a sophomore. So this is not a one-year wonder by any stretch. It's just a question of where do you want him to play. And depending on how you play defense, that's going to determine that. He could end up in the slot. 
I don't necessarily see him as an outside corner. I see him as a safety or a slot guy. Then you get into an Aaron Robinson from Central Florida. Mm-hmm. If I could have drafted him last year, he would have been the top of this class because he got beat like a kettle drum last year. He was the tape on him is hard to watch at times. Taller guy, I think more of a project. But I think a team could fall in love with tape from 2019 and say, "You're you're asking him to play." Much faster than a lot of other defenses ask a guy to play. Mm-hmm. And my question would be, well, why did that change one year to the next? I didn't see a lot of difference there. Uh, he's he's pretty good in press for a slot guy, and that's what I think he'll be in the NFL. Okay, and then you got other guys like uh, you know, well, you know, my two corners from Georgia, Eric Stokes and Tyson Campbell. Those guys are gonna what third round. Probably I would, Stokes could end up a little higher because of how fast he ran. Mm-hmm. Another guy that if I could have drafted him off his freshman and sophomore tape, yeah, probably would have been a back into the first round guy. Last year was not as pretty. Israel Mukawamu, he's that the a, guy. Yeah, <laughs> that's the guy you were looking the for other for South, South Carolina, Carolina corner. <laughs> he's a, I would say probably a fourth round guy. Okay, he's going to fall into that early day three. Mm-hmm. Uh, some names to talk about just because you know who they are. Uh, Sean Wade, yeah, who had a very, very rough last year at Ohio Can State. Can we be really honest? He was never all that good. Really? No. I mean, his best year at Ohio State, he was in the top 10% of corners. Mm-hmm. But that was with Jeffrey Akuda on the other side, right. so nobody hardly ever threw. I mean, he got thrown at, but you were getting the second receiver on a Big Ten team. Right. There's a lot of bad tape on him. I think he becomes a safety you know he's he is big. He's six one, about two hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. I think he can play safety in the NFL. He's a developmental guy. That's one of those guys that you're going to see come off the board on day three and go, oh yeah, I, for, I forgot he was in this. What happened to Kerry Vincent Jr.? He's really small. Okay, I was, like really. Everybody small. went crazy when you know he was a high prospect going into this past season, and then he opted out. And the big deal was made about, oh, my gosh, the LSU is going to lose one of the best corners in the country. And now it's – I mean, I'm looking at looking at a service here that has him ranked like 30th among quarters. I have him about 18. He can be a very good slot corner in the NFL. He's just too small. Mm-hmm. I mean, he came in – I think he was five nine and three quarters at, at the LSU Pro Day. He's just small. He can't play on the outside. There's no scheme versatility. He's not a good tackler. You know, how small and slight he is shows up a lot on tape. There are some guys that, that are 5'10 or 5'9-ish in that, that area. Yeah. And you forget that when you watch the tape. He's not one of those. Okay. Now, the way the league's going, he could be a value pick at the end of, I think he's a end of day two, beginning of day three guy. Okay. Because he is very talented, but he's very typecast in the NFL in that, any team with a big slot receiver is going to hurt him mm-hmm. just because he's so small. But he's been coached well, and I think he does have a role in the NFL. It kind of reminds me of a uh, Brian Poole that played for the Jets. Yeah. If he can learn to play with physicality that way, he could be in the league for a long time. 
All right, other than Rashad Wild Goose, who you love to bring up in conversations. Mainly because I love to say his name. <laughs> uh, can you give us just a couple more uh, late-round guys that might end up being impact players for some team in the NFL? I'll tell you a guy that you're not going to hear much about. Uh, he played at Central Arkansas. His name's Robert Rochelle. Okay. He's a very long corner. One of the knocks on him is going to be bad, 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 bad competition level. Uh, he got hurt at the Senior Bowl. That was going to be that was uh, I thought going to be his his coming out party where we all went. Hey, that guy! I thought he was going to do the same thing Quinn Miners did. Mm-hmm. Is he would just shine on tape against these guys because he cared so much more. Didn't happen. He got hurt early. Height, weight, speed is tremendous. He, he's going to take some time because there is such a jump in competition. But he's a guy I really like. I'll tell you another one, and I can tell you. Virtually every team in the NFL has called on this guy. His name's Trill Williams. He played at Syracuse, very long freak athlete. Mm-hmm. If I did an all freak athlete team, he would be one of the starting corners. Okay. He's almost six three, weighs in about two oh five, very long. I just don't know what he's gonna play. I don't know that he is I don't know that he's polished enough that you can put him on the outside in the NFL. Mm-hmm. There are so few guys that have any possibility of playing on the outside that a lot of teams have called to see where he's at. He's not overly instinctive. He's going to take some time, but he's a guy that may end up going higher than you think. A lot of teams have called on him. And then a guy that I've said, I feel like I've said this guy's name on the show 50 times. Okay. Rodarius Williams from Oklahoma state. If he was not as old as he is, he would have been an easy day two pick. How old is he? He'll be twenty five before the NFL season starts. That's that's markedly older. Yeah, he'll be twenty five. Uh, there there was a, a red shirt. I can't, I can't remember all that happened. Mm-hmm. There is also some bad tape last year that a lot of teams have held against him. The good has been tremendous. Very good press man. He's not a ball hawk, but he's gonna. I, I think he has a role in the NFL. Okay. Another name to know. He's also Sha- got a brother that plays in the NFL. So yes, uh, another name just to know: Shakur, Shakur Brown from uh, Michigan State. The good is very good on him. Coached by Mel Tucker, a guy that coached in the NFL for a long time, and I will tell you this: he went from he went from borderline unplayable in college football to one of the best corners in the NFL, or one of the best corners in college football last year. Mm-hmm. If you think Mel Tucker unveiled something for him, then he's a guy that you would want on your team. Now, you watch the tape from before this year, and you go, that guy should probably... How is he on scholarship? NFL draft coverage will continue not only here on ESPN, Asheville in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green, but also in the Sportsocracy. Check us out live every weekday morning at 9 a.m., uh, be sure to subscribe to the channel as well. We'll these all these names you will be hearing in the seven round mock draft that's going to be coming out over the next week. And of course, we'll be live all three days of the NFL draft starting next Thursday night. YouTube.com slash the sportsocracy. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green, heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Tank Spencer. He's Jeremy Green. Again, this hour of the program, as always, brought to you by Wicked Weed Brewing. Check them out at wickedweedbrewing.com. Drink different. Um, the, the NFL draft is only six days away, and I'm glad that it's going to be getting back to 
some sense of normalcy. We will have uh, prospects in the green room. And today we found out that Roger Goodell has officially been uh, fully vaccinated for the coronavirus. So he is going to be able to hug the players when they come back up to the stage. So, yay for a little bit of normalcy. Uh, We're also going to continue the tradition of having uh, current and former superstars Okay, current and former NFL players announcing the later picks in the rounds of the NFL draft. They released the full list today of who is going to be representing each and every one of the franchises in the NFL draft. And the Carolina Panthers are going to be represented by Kemp Rasmussen. It's not a guy that I really remember from his playing days with the Carolina Panthers. He was he was with the Panthers from 2002 to 2005. Kemp Rasmussen, though, is a city of Charlotte firefighter now. So he went from pro football player to firefighter, and he's going to be the one to call out the picks uh, for the Carolina Panthers, or call out a pick for the Carolina Panthers. I believe he's going to be doing the second-round pick as well. Uh, your team, by the way, Jeremy, is uh, Lavernius Coles. One of my favorite jets of all time. <laughs> Lavernius Coles is going to be calling out your pick. Uh, I'm getting Jimmy Giles. Uh, yep, so far uh, I am happier with mine than I have been with any of the others I've heard. <laughs> Lavernius Coles may be my favorite jet of all time. Really? Why? Because yes, uh, he was just awesome. Okay. I mean, he was. He had no fear whatsoever. And he was so fast. He was very fast. Just so fast. I mean, he was get what he played with Washington for a while, for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. He signed with Washington as a restricted free agent, and then we traded him, uh, for him. We sent them Santana Moss. Okay. Uh, as far as I guess all time players that are going to be involved, Orlando Pace is going to be making the call for the uh, Los Angeles Rams. John Randall. That dude, I had I had a super kid crush on uh, on John Randall with the face paint. I actually did that for a few of my little league games back in the day of putting the big uh, triangles underneath my, uh, you know, in eye black. He's going to be calling out the picks for the uh, for the Minnesota Vikings. Mike Golick. It'll be good to see Golick again. I haven't seen him in a while. He'll be calling out the Eagles pick. Uh, Franco Harris will be involved as well. So you got some superstars. You got some interesting human interest stories as well. I'm just glad we're getting back to normal. I'm looking forward to there just being a draft and it not being from Roger Goodell's house. <laughs> I'm also excited for our coverage not to be from my house. Yes. That was, I mean, it was fun. It's going to be markedly more fun doing it but from it, not yes. my house. I will agree with you. Much more space. Mm hmm. That's it. Just much more space. Uh, yeah, That's and all then, you care about. And then I can convince you fools to help me clean up afterwards, which didn't happen last year. Really? No. I feel like I probably cleaned it up the next day. Uh, no, it was on a Saturday. <laughs> well, you didn't come back for day three. Did not. I checked yeah, out on day three. You're stuck with day three this year. <laughs> yeah, I am going to be kind of uh, a chain to my work for three days next week. Oh, I was on a bar stool last year. I have a nice, comfortable office chair this year. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the attire. We need the, we need the draftmas tree, though. The draftmas tree needs to be brought into the Wicked Weed studio. I'm okay with that. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm perfectly okay with that. Is I mean, I think it's still up in your living room right now, so... No, it's not. Oh, it's not? No. <laughs> you finally took it down? I didn't. Someone... Oh, well, there you Amy go. did. Yeah. yeah. I was trying to convince her to leave the tree up all year long. Now, I thought she was have all a, about it. Have a St. Patrick's Day tree, a <laughs> Valentine's Day tree, Fourth of July tree. I was really excited about that. <laughs> Red, white, and blue ornaments just, all just over it. stick some... Uh, yeah, just stick some American flags on oh, it. Oh, yeah. Why not? Just tremendous. Just, just let it roll. You, yeah, your, your living room does look more spacious without it. I will tell you that. It, it is. <laughs> so this morning we started to play the fun game. We're going to, we're going to get heavy into this game after the weird news. But I started reading off Jeremy some of the, uh, odds, the betting odds for the NFL draft. And I think I convinced him that whatever he was going to wager, he needed to wager more. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to play this fun little game, and maybe you'll uh, maybe you'll get out some some nuggets as well to make yourself some money with the NFL draft. But uh, first, let's let's get weird. On the weird scale, there's Vegas, there's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. A man in Japan is facing fraud charges. They are they are now calling Takashi Miyagawa, thirty nine years old. They have dubbed him Con Juan. Con Juan uh, apparently duped so many women, older women, that he was uh, that they were in serious romantic relationships. That he was able to get a apparently a gaggle of birthday gifts from thirty five women. Thirty five. That takes some serious organization skills to be able to remember who is who in a thirty five woman girlfriend scheme. Um, says that uh, one forty seven year old woman. Uh, he was told, he told her that his birthday was on February the 22nd. Actually, he did, his birthday didn't really fall until November. Another victim said that he had convinced her that his birthday was in July, while a third Mark was fooled into thinking that his birthday occurred in April. I don't know how this all unraveled. They don't give the details on how the women finally found out about each other, but I would have to imagine there's 35 of them. The chances are pretty high that one or two of them might know each other. Uh, in the end, he uh, apparently, you know, per- 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 perpetrated the fraud to the tune of a hundred thousand JPY. I guess Japanese yen is is what that comes out to. Uh, the translation, though, to American dollars. Regardless, he is still facing fraud charges, and uh, that might be the largest girlfriend scheme that I've ever heard of in history. Uh, I've always told my wife she never has to worry about there being somebody else, because if I wanted to disappoint two people at the same time, I would call my parents. I have a cause that I have (laughs) been... I, I feel like I have been the most vocal person about this. There's not many people you will hear in any form of media that are taking up this cause, and it is... Uh, birds are not real. They're just not. 
The, there's no the, the birds do not exist. <laughs> However, there is a bird that does exist in a New Jersey diner parking lot. Apparently, this goose goose are apparently jerks. Uh huh. I've had a couple run-ins with goose on a golf course, and uh, they're not pleasant. They make a very loud noise before they do anything. Then they make their they get their feathers real big, and it's it's not pleasant. I don't know what they would do, right? But I don't want to find out. Well, apparently there is a diner, the Park West Diner in Woodland Park, New Jersey, and this goose had some children, a brood as they call it. The goose has been attacking patrons for over a month. Yeah, every time somebody gets out of a car, the goose apparently swells up and. Pecks at the and whatever a goose does. Mm-hmm. There's one problem. Bites. They bite. Yeah. I, I, wait, wait, wait. They bite. Yeah, they bite. They don't have any teeth. How does a goose? With their bill. How does a goose bite? They don't have any teeth. It's still it's still considered a bite when they you know see what else are you gonna call it? No, a, a shark. You? A shark bites you. You gonna pinch you with your bill? A goose will bill you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what your dentist does. Uh, yes, that, that is true. <laughs> There's only one problem. The goose is protected under the federal migratory bird treaty act. So they can't do anything with the bird. They can't they have to let the bird be survive its time. To. Uh, there's another story of this in Houston, Texas, that an endangered bird built a nest on top of a police car and they've had to park the police car because they can't move it because the bird's endangered. Why are we telling anyone this? Hashtag birds aren't real. Why? I'm sorry. You know I, what I've never looked at? We we spend a lot of time at Radio Ranch. Uh-huh. There are a lot of birds out in that field. There are. And you know what I've never in my life hole. thought? What? You know what we need? More birds. <laughs> right. I have never in my life gone, you know what this would be better with? More birds. All right. We've got a whole gaggle of turkeys out there that sometimes they get a little rough on the uh, on the station vehicles. It's quite hilarious to watch. Have you ever seen one of them do that, attack them, their reflection in the bumper of the trucks outside? No. It's funny. Usually the, the, the turkey and the, and the goose, mm-hmm. they're not out when I'm here. Yeah, I finally saw the male the other day. He's very impressive just had his you know it must be mating season he was you know splaying the the tail feathers his big purple hair uh, brown uh, blue head i'm gonna find the color eventually i'm the colorblind one it's remarkable use your words (laughs) i do love birds but if they get too aggressive uh we need to find a way to um vamos said bird upwards of 17 people a year are harmed in bird attacks i'm sorry maybe i'm maybe i'm doing the wrong thing here but uh, you don't tell people uh, what happened to the goose we don't know he just flew off yeah and you know why birds are such a problem for people like me because so many people have a laissez-faire attitude like you do <laughs> no i'm saying you remove the problem and oh. don't tell nobody about it oh i thought you meant just, why we don't know we, he just didn't I show thought up you day. meant why was there a news story about no. it because we have to get the information out there get it known because there's so many people that don't know about the silent killer in the sky <laughs> Now, that's the problem with geese is that they're not the silent killer in the sky. They don't ever fly anywhere. I mean, they could fly somewhere, but no, they'll just be happy to walk. Don't. Have you never. Goose fly south for the winter? They do fly. But what I'm saying is they don't fly when they're supposed to. Oh, it's geese. 
Yeah. I keep saying goose. Uh, it's geese. Oh, there's many. Mul- there's no. There's multiple. The, geese? No, the plural of, of oh, yes. goose is geese. Yes, it's not goosing. It's. I get confused by that. <laughs> okay, here's the stupid thing about the language. All right, if it's geese, then why is it not meese? If there are multiple <laughs> moose, then why is it not meese? <laughs> This language makes my head hurt sometimes. No, I used to I used to live off of 74 in Fairview and there's a big lake down there right down from Fairview Elementary School and there's a whole bunch of geese that congregate down there. Never seen them fly over the road. But it seemed like at least two or three times a week traffic would have to come to a stop cuz the geese are just walking across the street. Oh, it's funny you said that. Uh at least said it that way. Did you hear that the other story I was going to tell? There was a woman in Florida, okay, that had to call an ambulance because she was hit in the head as they were driving down the road by a turtle that came through the windshield. A flying turtle. A tur- the, so the thought is that the turtle was probably in the road. Somebody did not see it. The turtle went up in the air and as the car came through, the turtle is just basically like a very sharp frisbee <laughs> and it hit her in the head. Yikes. Yeah, it apparently it like gassed her head pretty well. Oh, I can She imagine. was the passenger in the car. The edges of those shells can be a little sharp. Hashtag birds aren't real. <laughs> now turtles aren't real. Is that what you're No turtles yeah. turtles are very real. I actually like turtles. You know why? Why? Because they can't fly. Because they- yeah, I'm a big fan of most animals that can't fly. Okay. I accept raccoons. Raccoons and squirrels. are jerks. And squirrels. Squirrels are the ultimate jerk. <laughs> squirrels just a rat with a fluffy tail. Nice. Let's talk some odds for the NFL draft. Oh, you don't want to talk more wildlife? No, I'm, uh, I mean, I could carry on the conversation, but you not today. I mean, we're uh, out of animals that I really don't like, and that's the... Yeah. I'm sure. Did we you see the the therapy bunny at the the Giants game last night? I did. It started trending on Twitter. It's one of the largest rabbits I've it's ever a seen. Very big bird. It looked like a small dog. It did. I think it was actually bigger than most small dogs. It was. It was. That was a. That was a big bunny. <laughs> right. It's not I like. Did. It's not like one of those little dogs that you can carry in a purse. Like you would need an entire duffel bag to fit this bunny in. I did think it was funny that the Giants came out and said it's the first time we've had a bunny in our ballpark. How would one know that? I, I don't know. I really don't know. That trended on Twitter last night. Just made me laugh. Mm-hmm. It was a cute bunny. Uh, odds for the NFL draft. I'm going to ask you a question, and then I'm going to give you the odds on how much money you might be able to make if you're right. Uh, let's go with a uh, with a parlay bet here. Picks three, four, and five in the NFL draft. How do you see those panning out? You've got Trey Lance at number three going to the San Francisco 49ers, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, who goes four? Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts. And then who goes five? Jamar Chase. To the, let's see, to the Falcons and to the Bengals. Uh, right now, you can get those odds on those three picks at plus a thousand. That means if you bet a hundred, you win a thousand. Uh huh. Lance, Pitts, Chase would be plus a thousand right now. Uh, your greatest odd, or the, the, I guess, yeah, the greatest odds for the three-way play, Lance, Mac Jones, and then Pitts. 
Mac Jones going to the Atlanta Falcons at four or possibly a trade. That is uh, plus 10,000. Uh, you should, if you want to bet that, you should take however much money you're planning on betting and just bring it to the studio and leave it at the front desk in an envelope with my name on it because <laughs> you're never going to see it again either way. Obviously, there are many different variations of that. I'm not going to give you all of them. That's just, this is the best ones that I thought. Um, let's see here. Let's go with, ooh, this is, this will be a good one. The New York Giants. I'm going to make you f- think on the fly. Uh, the New York Giants first round draft pick will be who? Rayshon Slater. Rayshon Slater. He is, uh, third best odds plus 500 right now. Uh, greatest odds would be on Penny Sewell. There's no way that Penny Sewell's fallen down to the 11th spot in the draft. Uh, Jalen Waddle would be a plus 600. They could go after a wide receiver, don't you think? I don't see that in any way. Really? It's the one thing that they have completely stocked. I have not understood this entire time. In what universe would Dave Gettleman draft a fourth wide receiver? Because you don't believe in uh, Darius Slayton, maybe. Oh, you're wrong. You do, then you're wrong. I thought you were about to say Sterling Shepard, and I was going to yell at you. No. I was going to go with Slayton. Slayton's the three in that group, so maybe not. Yeah, it's not a receiver. Rayshon Slater? That's who I have. Okay. Plus 500 on that one. Quiddy Pay is like plus 600 if you think they're going to go after a that's, defensive it's, it's or a, uh, defensive player. Edge. Uh, edge rusher. Thank you. That's where I was going to go. Um <laughs> Ooh, uh, let's see. The first safety to be drafted. Trevon Morig. Mm. Yeah, you're not going to get great odds on that no, one. No, because it's the That's, only one that makes any sense. <laughs> minus 400 on that. Javon Holland is next, and he's plus 400. That's how that's how marked that grew, or the, the, the drop-off is between number one and Well, it's and not very marked guy. because you just saw, said the same number twice. You said they were Did both. I say plus? You said they were both plus 400. No. Did I? Yes. I meant. Uh, I can't see Trayvon. your screen, so I'm, I'm stuck with whatever you're telling I'm me. I'm sorry. I meant Trayvon Morig is minus 400. Oh, I'd still probably bet that. <laughs> <laughs> you got to put up 400 to win 100? Yeah. I'll make $100 the super easy way. The super easy way. Because he is no doubt the first safety that's going in the Sorry. Room. He's minus 400. Javon Holland is plus. 400. Uh, the first defensive lineman off the board. That one is a little more difficult because there are a lot of guys that fall. It, it's very much eye of the beholder. I will say Jalen Phillips. Jalen Phillips. You'd be able to get plus 200 odds on him right now. That's probably not enough for me to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pay is the favorite. To be the first defense. He was the lineman. other one I considered. He's minus 200. I'm not sure that when, when the, it's very easy for teams to say things. When the rubber meets the road with Quiddy Pay, I'm afraid that he might slide a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I think I have him going to Indianapolis at 21. Christian Barmore and Gregory Rousseau are plus 800 for one of those two to be the first to come off the board. Mm, Christian Barmore's the, that's the tantalizing side of that. Okay. 
All right. Uh, here we go. Oh, I kind of want to do that now. The more I've thought about it, the more I want to do it. <laughs> I think I just convinced myself to do it. <laughs> All right, let's talk some quarterbacks here. You just give me the round that you think they're going going to go in, and I'll give you the odds. Uh, Kyle Trask, what round do you have him going in? Third. In the third round. That is the smallest odds at plus 125. Yeah, probably not enough for me to do that. Okay. Should he go in the second round, it'd be a plus 250. Not enough for me to do it, because I don't think he will. I think this one you're going to like. Davis Mills. There is such a wide variance You're going to like this one, though. I mean, if you're really sold, because in the latest mock draft, you had him going in the first round. I had him at 32 to Tampa Bay. Yeah, Tampa Bay taking him at number 32. If that were to happen, uh, you can get plus... 1300 odds. Yeah, on him probably, going to the first I, round. I would probably I'd probably throw, throw a double under two at that. Yeah. <laughs> uh the the smallest odds would be third or fourth round. I guess that's where he's favored to go right now. Even if you even if you went with the second round to be a plus 300. Bet. Yeah. I like I like the big number. <laughs> Kellen Mond. There's no way he falls out of the second. I think there is a possibility he winds up going the first round. In the first round? There's a possibility. I'm not saying that's what I think is going to happen, but I think there is a possibility of that. That's even better odds than Davis Mills. That's plus 1,800. For Kellen Mond in the first round? For Kellen Mond to go in the first round. Wow. It's the longest shot of any round. There's been a lot of hype around him. I'm I'm not saying I think that would happen. I'm just saying it could. Uh, the I think I had him in the beginning of the third. The lowest odds you can get on him is uh, plus two hundred in the fourth round. He ain't, he will not last that long. You can get better odds on him plus two fifty in the third, plus five hundred in the second. Plus five hundred in the second is kind of intriguing mm-hmm. because I could easily see a team taking him in the second round. Okay, let's do lack some... of quarterbacks. Okay, let's do some over unders. Over unders in the first round. Of the draft. Uh, over under five and a half ACC players taken in the first round. Let's see. I'll go under. Under. Mm-hmm. Okay. Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. One of the Carolina guys. The two Virginia Tech guys. I think that might be all I have. Miami. Oh, and Asante Samuel. Oh, Miami. Oh, yeah, it's over. Yeah, it's probably, that's probably over. Yeah. You got to remember Jalen Phillips and Gary Gregory Rousseau. Man, that seems awful low now that I think about it. I keep forgetting Miami's in the ACC for some reason. <laughs> it's only been 15 years. Right. Yeah, that's pro- that's over. Okay. I would say it's over. I would say that lands at six or seven. That's a plus one. I don't have Travis, e- Travis Etienne in the first round anymore. but Over is plus 125. Hmm. Uh, it's minus 159 if you go the under. Well, it's much easier to go under than it is to go over. Mm-hmm. Uh, SEC players over under 12 and a half and don't even try to list them all. Oh, without listing them all, I don't know. <laughs> that seems like a ton. I was going to say, I wasn't going to make you list them all. I will say under. That seems like way too many. Okay. Over, under. Not way too many. I mean, I, I can think of 10 in my head. And it all comes into the back end of the – because I've got I've got several big 12 guys going to the back. 
12 of the first round. So, yeah, I'll say under 12 and a half. Okay. All right. Alabama players. This will tell you the, the, the market difference between Alabama and the ACC. The over-under is the same. Five yeah. and a half players in the first round. And it, it, I don't think it will be over that, but it could be. Mm-hmm. Because you could see Sertan, Waddle, Devontae Smith, Najee Harris, Mac Jones, Christian Barmore. Yeah. They could all six go in the first round. I, could, yeah. I don't think Najee Harris will go in the first round, but he could. I think five and a half is pushing it. I think five is safe. As, if it was four and a half, I'd bet my house on it. What team do you think is going to draft Trey Lance? San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco 49ers, that's a plus 400 right now. Yep, probably going to have to do that. Because yeah. I feel pretty sure of it. <laughs> Again, this is a this is a new thing for me. I didn't even know that this was a thing. Betting on the NFL draft, but you can bet on everything. Lots of books are doing it, and uh, there's some there's some very interesting odds out there. If, if that's your thing, you're in the sports tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville, ninety two point nine FM, eight eighty AM, and fourteen hundred. Real estate isn't about properties; it's about people. I'm Clarissa Marshall with EXP Realty, your native realtor serving all of Western North Carolina. I will work hard for you, and I believe in doing the right thing every time. I market each of my listings to reach out-of-town buyers. I use a professional photographer and drone video on every single listing, as well as collaborate with agents across the country to find your buyer. Check me out online at clarissasellswnc.com or give me a call at 828-774-6343. It would be my pleasure to assist you through the real estate process. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. And yeah, uh, we got another one. Tomorrow night, UFC 261. The first capacity crowd in professional sports down in Jacksonville at the Jacksonville Arena. The headline fight, Kamara Usman against Jorge Masvidal. All right, let's let's get your pick, Jeremy. What do you think? Well, Kamara Usman's going to rock him. Again. You think so? I Means a minus four hundred and fifty favorite. <laughs> that's, I mean, yeah, that's this lot. is not going to go well. Masvidal, I mean, it was proven in the last fight. He didn't look like he belonged in the same ring with Kamara Usman. True, but you don't think with uh, more time to prep up for the fight, and he might take it a little more seriously this time and be I, a little better of a competition than the last one was. Kamara Usman's one of the best fighters I've ever seen. He is a fantastic welterweight. Mm-hmm. Has the opportunity to go down as one of the, the greats ever if he keeps winning. Uh, and, and he's taking this completely personally. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I will take Usman. I, don't, I think this is going to be a markedly more entertaining fight. It's, it, it, nothing, I, I mean, anything would be better than the last one. Than the foot, foot stomping. Stomp 2020? Oh, my gosh. The foot stomping episode was god-awful. So, yeah, I'm I'm pulling for a good fight as well. I'll be on the Kamara Usman side of that as well, although I do like Jorge Masvidal. Two the, two great women's fights on yes. this card, by the way. Rose Namajunas against Wiley Yang or Wiley Zhang, excuse me. I think it's going to be a fantastic fight. We gave you the story about Rose Namajunas taking this fight a little seriously. She says she's going to take the fight to communism. Uh Valentina Shevchenko against Jessica Andrade. That's got all the makings of a barn burner as well. Uh, and then you got Uriah Hall and Chris Weidman. I actually think this yeah, entire treat, card yeah, is Treat great. yourself. That's going to be the fight of the night. Yeah. Uh, just go ahead and tell you. Match four, 
It's going to be early in the card because this starts at about 10 o'clock. You'll see that at probably 10, 20, 10, 30. Uh-huh. Yeah, treat yourself. That's the fight of this uh, of this card, and it's not all that close. I just hope they don't go fast. Oh, well, it seems like I the last UFC uh, this, card is, That's going to be the closest fight. Okay, I'm not going to say it's going to be the best fight. It is the closest of the two competitors. Mm-hmm. I think the two female fights are actually probably going to be the two best fights of the night. Okay. I look at your eye hall and Chris Weidman and go, you know what? This might not last a real long time, but it's going to be a whole mess of fun. <laughs> See, that's the thing I hope. I hope we just get longer fights than the last UFC because those, yeah, that one those may main not... card fights went zip, zip, zip. Yeah, that one might not do it for you. That one may not last a real long time, but it's going to be real fun while it's happening. <laughs> uh, the College Football Playoff Management Committee is apparently, according to Heather Denich of ESPN, considering expansion, that they may actually take this from four teams to 16 teams. Oh, that's that, there were a lot of proposals out there. I mm-hmm. think it goes to eight. I've said that for a long time. Yep. Bill Hancock, the executive director of the college football playoff, said something that needs to be noted. Okay. There will not be a new format this season or next season. Even if the board decides to alter the format, it may well not occur until after the, the current agreement has expired, which isn't until after the 2025 season. Mm-hmm. Here's why that's important. I didn't even think it was an option that this was going to be different before then. The fact he left it, and granted, he didn't leave the door wide open for that, but he left the door cracked. Mm -hmm. Left the door cracked that this could happen by 2023. I would love to see them get to eight teams, but I think that's as far as it needs to go. I agree with you. I don't think we need to have an FCS scenario where we end up having 16 teams involved. Neither do I. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green on ESPN Asheville. We are six days away from the NFL Draft. We're going to have all your draft coverage right here every weekday afternoon at 3. We are also yeah, we are also going to be churning it out in the sportsocracy. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube today. Share it with your friends as well. We will be live for all three days of the NFL Draft next Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And seven-round mock drafts for every team in the NFL start going out tomorrow. They will all be out before Wednesday of the draft. Mm-hmm. Every pick that you, that your team has, they will all be out who you could pick and why. Cannot wait for it. Hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy all the sports this weekend as well. And we will see you right back here at 3 on Monday.